I show you where you went wrong, and I try to teach you why you went wrong, not reprimand you for being wrong. You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to The Ride, a bi-weekly podcast brought to you by Horse and Rider Magazine, co-hosted by Nicole Cherico and Devin Conley. In each episode, we chat with some of the industry's top trainers, clinicians, horsekeeping experts, and professionals to share inspiring stories, training philosophies, and the importance of living your best Western horse life. Today on this episode of the Ride Podcast, we are joined by one of the most legendary and well-respected horse trainers in the industry, Al Dunning. Al talks horse training philosophies, his five basic training steps, and how we can all be a better rider. This week's episode is brought to you by Manapro. It's going to announce itself to us and okay. All right. Welcome back to the ride podcast. Uh, My name is Devin today. I am joined by the legendary trainer, Al Dunning. He doesn't require much of an introduction as his involvement in the horse industry is widely known, but with over 45 world and reserve world titles, Al and his students have dominated in many events. So Al, thank you for joining us today. We're so excited you're here. Thank you, Devin. I'm glad to be with you. All right, folks. So we're going to start by just uh, putting Al on the spot here with a tough question and asking him if you could sum up your training philosophy in just a few sentences, what would that be? Boy, you know, um, I read these questions a little earlier and I came up with some great answers and now I can't remember any of them. So that's how it goes. Yep. I'm going to wing it as I go. How's that? So, you know, it's interesting because I've trained so many different uh, horses, so many different breeds, so many different qualities of horses for so many different events that I think the one philosophy is uh, let the horse decide its timeline for improvement. And I think that's the key that nobody can say. Uh, when I first started training horses, the guy that I worked for, the very first guy I worked for when I was 12, he said, uh, he, he called them 30-day wonders. So in 30 days, we were supposed to have that horse doing uh, exponentially more amazing things. And, and you know, it, it didn't always work out so good. So, But I, I think what I've learned after the period of time is to um, let the horse tell me. I think I have a system that I do. So every horse is trained the same. And then... Once I get to a point, they tell me which direction they want to go and how fast they want to go there. Um, and then some horses tell me, you know, that they have the a better athletic ability and a better mindset for, you know, the particular event we want to do. And others say, you know, I th- I'd be a better horse if you took me in a different direction or, you know, maybe spend a little more time working on these certain aspects and, and, and then, and then go forward with me. So, and it's interesting. Um, I know for a fact in training philosophy that if you force a horse, it only lasts for uh, only a period of time till the horse learns to have 
these uh, built-in defense mechanisms. And then you won't have that super solid, super happy horse at the end. So if you, <clears throat> if you just take your time and you, you let the horse kind of tell you it's, um, you know, how quick it learns, um, then you'll have a horse that's, that probably you'll be able to mold into better shape and it'll stay that way instead of reverting to, you know, resistance and things like that because, you know, you've been too rough or something like that with the horse. So um, I've got so many philosophies, Devin, with the horses, it's crazy. So one is that like a girl was riding a horse today and she's pulling it around and it's misbehaving a little bit and she just goes to jerking on it and stuff. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a second. You know, the punishment has got to match the crime, okay? That horse just made a little mistake, and you made a big deal out of it. Now you're going to cause all these defense mechanisms. You're going to bring in that horse where it's going to it's going to want to fight. It's going to want to fight and flight, and you're causing that. And if you just would stop and think and just take your time to work it out, it would work out better. So I've got I've got all kinds of little things like that. I I, I have a. I could go on. This is, is this your only subject? Because this could be the one. So I have this thing called the yardstick theory. Okay. Now yardstick theory. The yardstick theory is over on the far number one on the yardstick is a horse activist. And they think that horses should never be touched, should be out in the wild and never be wormed or whatever. I don't know. Just, you know, let go. Uh, on the far 36 inches down that yardstick is the guy that thinks like he can beat it into him, any horse. He can make them do it. He can whatever. And true horse training is somewhere in around 18 inches, somewhere in the center. It's that deal that says, I'm a human, you're a horse. Um, I should tell you what to do. And if you don't do it, I should have some kind of a, a criticism of you and, and show you what to do. So it's this it's always that I reward you, I show you, I reward you for being good. Um, I show you and I, I show you where you went wrong and I try to teach you why you went wrong, not reprimand you for being wrong. And so I, I, I have that in the 18-inch area is the right kind of horse trainer, not the person that all they do is pet them and feed them cookies on the far side and the one guy on the far side on the other side that thinks that they can force them to do anything. Well, I, th I think that's great. And I think people are going to love this. We can talk about this the whole time. Um, what, <laughs> what does uh, the reward look like? Can you give like a couple examples of a reward uh, when you, and folks that don't know, uh, Al is our, our expert in our problem solve department for the, the print issue of the magazine. So if you're fixing a problem, solving a problem, and correcting a horse, can you give a few examples of the reward? You know, rewards come in all kinds of ways, so it's interesting. So a reward can be standing still, you know, stopping what you're doing, just standing there. Reward can be uh, bending them around and petting them on the outside of the neck with your hand while you're bending them, you know. A reward can be, you know, you, you're pulling on them and they finally give their head and you release can be the reward. You know, so rewards come in so many different ways. You've got to have that deal where, you know, 
you're always thinking if the horse does something or gives that you're going to give back. So as a rider, I think you got to give back as much as the horse gives to you. And obviously when it comes to taking, you have to, when you take, meaning when you pick up your rein and pull it, you need to have a little jiggle in your hand, a little feel in your hand before you take a hold of the bit. And you have to realize that, that b- before you can reward, you got to realize that when you take or pick up the rein, that the signal has many different aspects. So it's the, the horse feels you sliding your hand down the rein to shorten it up. The horse feels that rein sliding up their neck a little bit before it touches the bit. The sides of the bit start moving slightly. And then finally, the bit starts pulling it. If it, let's say, if for a snaffle, starts pulling and, you know, moving the inside of the cheek. And then the outside of the bit starts pushing on the outside of the cheek. So you have all these things. You know, some people don't have enough feel in their hand to say, I want to see if all these things work to benefit that horse and that he says, gosh, you know what? If I feel that rain rubbing up my, coming up my neck, then the wiggle of the bit doesn't have to happen. And then if that doesn't have to happen, the pull doesn't have to happen. If that doesn't have to happen, then the harder pull doesn't have to happen. So the horse gets smarter and smarter as he goes, but the rider has to be smarter than the horse. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and you mentioned feel, and I, I always love to talk to people, uh, like yourself that are, are just so experienced. Do you think feel is one of those things that it can be taught or is it something that you just have to have inherently? What's your take on that? Yeah, I think some people naturally have a little forceful way of riding, uh, um, especially people, riders that are more scared. You know, I think the rougher the rider, I think the more scared they are of horses to me, you know? So the lighter the hands and the more, uh, you know, confident a rider is the easier they can do it because they are confident in what they're doing. So they're, they're not worried that something's not going to happen or the horse isn't going to respond or they're not going to be looked at as a good trainer or a macho person or something like that. So I think you got to have that, um, natural ability to say, you know, I'm going to have, I'm going to try to accomplish something with the least amount of pressure I possibly can put on the horse. Okay. That's, that's, that's the goal. Now, the next step is that you should use as much as necessary to get the job done. So the, the object of what my, another part of the training philosophy is first do whatever you can do at the least you possibly can do it to get the job done. But incrementally do what you need to do, you know, to add on to that to, if the horse doesn't respond properly. Right. So, you know, so instead of somebody just getting on and just glomming onto that son of a gun or just booting it in the belly or pulling its head around, that's what feel is. That's feel is trying to do things as little as possible. Like lead changes are, are always a thing that people go freak out on, you know. Um, you know, I've been real fortunate to be real good and teach 
hundreds of people how to do lead changes. And my philosophy is to do, try, don't force it. Try to do as little as you can to get the lead change. And if you miss it, don't make a big deal out of it. Okay. Um, instead of thinking it has to happen right now, you know, allow, allow there to be some slack in the rope, uh, allow there to be some time, a learning curve here, allow the horse to try to understand it without being forced into it. And then they'll do it so much easier and so much smoother as they go. Introducing MaxiGlow Senior Stabilized Rice Brand Supplement, formulated in an easy-to-chew soft pellet to keep your senior horse thriving for years to come. MaxiGlow Senior contains high fat and protein levels to keep your horse healthy and strong, probiotics and yeast to support digestion and gut health, omega-3 fatty acids for a shiny glowing coat, and controlled starch levels for safe, concentrated energy. See the MaxiGlow difference, now available at Tractor Supply. Okay. And so on that topic, that, that makes me think, is that a, a problem? One of the biggest problems you see people or mistakes that you see people making is getting in a rush and trying to like push a horse faster than they're ready for, or trying to push themselves faster than they're ready for, or what are some, some of the major problems you see people having with horses that could be fixed easily? So here's another philosophy area. Okay. So there, there you, you came up with a great question again. So Here's, the, here's my philosophy there. Horses are an alphabet, okay? They got to go from A, and a great horse that's fully trained is a Z. And you may never get to a Z in your horse, and you still might have a super-duper horse, you know, somewhere about an R. Okay, do you got that? But as you train, you got to go A, B, C, D. If you forget a, a part in there that's important, if you try to jump, Let's say all of a sudden you get this horse going around and he kind of acts like he's going to stop. Now all of a sudden you think the next day you're going to get on and just run and pull and he's going to slide 20 feet. Um, you know, you forgot why. You forgot making the horse confident in the thing. So you got to go back and you got to make sure um, the horse understands the basics understands the fundamentals so that's the a b c d e f g kind of area that you got to work in that's the most important you got to remember when you build anything foundation is the most important when you build a house the foundation's got to be solid or the house falls down if you build a horse you got to have a solid foundation so that so that as you go through this if you have any problems you have a fallback to the foundation area that's why I developed my thing I call my five basics. I have all these things, don't I, Devin? It's crazy. So It's wonderful. But, Let's hear the five basics. <laughs> but I like teaching, okay? So here's my five basics. And so when I, um, I got to thinking, okay, somehow or another, we're doing a clinic, I got to come up with an idea of why, what I'm going to teach here, okay? Because usually... It, you know, they would say it's a reigning clinic, and so it was easy. I taught circles, stops, lead changes, but then, then somebody would say, "Okay, I want you to do a just a regular horse training clinic, and I want you to help teach these riders to help." And so, here I was, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, I got to think of this." So here's what I thought. This is what I thought of. So if if you were gonna take a baby that was just born, 
and you were going to gather that baby up and you got it in your arms and you finally got a halter on. Okay. What was the, what would be the first thing when you put the halter on, you'd want that baby to do. And I thought, well, let's see, probably the neatest thing would be if you could lead it forward. Okay. Sure. So my number one basic of, of all training horseback or on foot is that every horse should go forward readily and should rate at speed. Okay. The second thing I thought that baby should do, because I've, I, I, I used to break a lot of babies, so halter break them and stuff. And I remember that a lot of times you got them going forward, they went to the forward pretty fast. So the, the next thing you had to do is pull them to the side and they had to turn. So when I break a horse and I get it in the round pen and I get on it, I know that if I go forward, they're safer. A horse that rears up or runs backwards is really scary, okay? That's that's not good. So if I can get it going forward, even if it bucks, it, you can usually ride one if it's going forward, okay? The second thing you do with a horse in the round pen or as a horse with a baby is you make them turn. So, and if you go from the, from the beginning of of the turn meaning that all you got to do is turn redirect the feet okay sure so you redirect the feet or you could even get to the point where you know later on you roll back or you spin or you do more than that so you got all this stuff if you think about Going forward, if my number one could be that that horse lopes off really smooth, keeps his head down, picks up the correct lead, uh, is totally simple to do that with, and that's the precursor to the lead change and everything else. So now we have go forward and we have turn right and left, and the turn right and left should be equal. Well, the next thing I did with the horse with the halter, the baby with the halter, is that somehow or another I got to stop them, right? Yeah. So the third basic was stopping. And, you know, now I got this horse two-year-old in the round pen, and I got him going forward, and I got him turning. Well, somehow or another, I got to get stopped, right? So that's my next basic is stopping. And I'll explain a little more to you when I'm done here because this is kind of cool how it all worked, how it worked out. So then I thought, well, okay, what's another thing a horse has to do to – accept the bridle and, and, you know, maybe understand a few things they got to back up, you know, horses got to back. I mean, that's part of it. So now I got him going forward. I got him turning right and left. I got him stopping and I got him backing. That's pretty cool. So there's, there's gotta be some other aspect of training that I left out. Okay. That doesn't relate to that baby because it's advanced and that's collection. So he's got to collect. Now, collection comes isn't just about frame, not about tucking the head. It's about moving off my leg, moving, having leg control. It's about two tracking, side passing. Um, it's about it's about flexing the pole. It's about rounding the horse's back. It's about riding from the back to the front. It's got to be the final okay, piece. So, yeah, it's the final piece, and and but you're kind of working on it as you work on all that other stuff too. So now, so I'm going to go over this one more time, and I want you to understand why it's so important that the horse understands five basics. And you can work on it, Devin, every single day, all five of these. 
because when I work on walking forward, when I work on forward motion, that could mean that horse walking off, going from the standstill to the jog, going from the standstill to the lope, having rating of his speed, um, speeding up, slowing down. Um, you know, you think about it, all the going, you know, making sure they lope off with the hip first, uh, you know, making sure the head stays in a good, solid position. Look at all the stuff you can work on, just just on going forward. And then think about turning right and left. He should turn equally to the right, he should to the left. He should take a one rein pull. He should neck rein in the turn. He should be able to spin. He should be able to roll back. He should be able to roll back and lope off. He should be able to work a cow. He should be able to just think all that right and left stuff. Then stopping, he should be able to stop. He should be able to stop. He should be able to slide. He should be able to rope a calf, and he should be able to learn to use his front end, helping him to stop. You know, there's all kinds of stopping. Uh, backing, he should be able to back a circle. He should be able to back a serpentine. He should give his head when he backs up. He should, you know, uh, goes on and on. And collection is amazing. Collection is, the, the, uh, again, the it's the gateway to lead changes. It's the gateway to, you know, having a horse be truly round and really super broke. Um, so look at all the stuff you can work on, just working on those five basics. Oh yeah. That's incredibly helpful. I mean, even, even for me, I'm just sitting here thinking of like how that can be added into just my warm up routine when I'm warming up, even, you know, like seasoned horses. That's Incredibly helpful. I mean, it sounds like they should probably be able to do all those things before you introduce them to a show pen, right? Well, yeah, the, the deal is you should probably work on the five basics every day on every horse, no matter what stage they're at, because again, they go from super basic to the totally sublime, you know, so you got all this stuff you can do. Um, and, and when a person's struggling with a part of the horse, it would be good to go back and go, gosh, I need to check those and make sure all those are working right before and see if that's really the problem or what's going on with my horse. Okay. So yeah, just break it down and go back to where you're having trouble and start yeah. over from that basic step. Yeah. That's super helpful. Um, and we're, it's, it's crazy how fast time has gone in this interview, but what, uh, if I could ask you something that would make our listeners or myself or anybody listening right now, a better writer today, something that they could be doing other than, you know, working on the five basics. What could we all be doing to make us a better writer today? Well, you know, I think number one, you got to love your horse, but you have to understand that they're a horse and you're a person and that you, they, they look at you for everything. You know, they look at you for their direction, their care, your feed and everything like that. So you have to realize how important you are to the horse, but you have to also realize that you're the human and they're the horse, you know? Um, I, I think the second thing is that, um, good horsemanship starts with a solid foundation, good seat. Um, you, you see your legs, more than your hands, you know, you're, I don't see, you know, if I, if I have one thing, I work on people more at my ranch than anything else is using their legs, using their hands is like, you know, pretty simple. Cause they, they think and then they move their hands and, but sometimes people think and don't use their legs, you know? And so that's such an important part. And, 
without using your legs, you lack collection because that's really what where the collection comes from. But learn learn more about you know why the classic dressage riders ride the way they do. Um, you know, and have a focus. I think that's a really cool deal is that someone just riding, I think trail riders are great. They're focusing on enjoying life and they're not focusing on their horse. You know, they're out there looking at the scenery or whatever yeah. like that. But I think anybody that is, a, I'm a competitive trainer. Um, I'm, I have a competitive uh, look at things. So I'm trying to try to make the horses as good as they can possibly be. Um, and, I, I when I say make, I, I try to I should say develop them to be because I don't want to make them do anything. I want them to be willing to do it. I want to try to figure out a way to make them willing every day. Yeah. And, and I know if you can finish your ride and think that horse just thought he won that. He thought he he accomplished that. It made him happy because when I when I'm when I played basketball. And I, I always shot until I made that last shot. And then I thought, yeah, okay, when I get back next next time I get that ball in my hand, I'm going to be able to make the shot. I feel the same way with a horse. I feel like if they finish on a high note, they'll start on a high note next time you get on them. That's such val valuable information. I mean, I feel like uh, people are going to have to listen to this episode like a few times. There's so much stuff jam-packed in here. Get your notes out and write down the five basics and everything. <laughs> um, I I'm so grateful you joined us today. Where are you headed next? I know you've got some events coming up. Where can we watch for you to be out there competing? <laughs> you know, I'm pretty hard to watch because I move around so much. But He really I does. I, uh, uh, day after tomorrow, I go to Calgary to do a clinic up there for the Calgary Quarter Horse Association in Claire's home. Um, and then I go to Montrose, Colorado to show at a cutting up there the following week. Then I'm going to go back to my cabin in Spirit Lake, Iowa and go fishing for a week. So, and then, then I come home and, um, I go to another cutting in Ignacio, Colorado, and then I'm going to do, um, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna do some work at the Run for a Million once again in Las Vegas. So I'm gonna do the commentary for the raining and some of the other major events, and I'm gonna do a little judging up there, and it's really good. So it's gonna be a pretty exciting time coming up. That sounds like it, especially the fishing. That sounds wonderful. I hope that you. No, that's 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 my biggest event. You know, fishing and <laughs> golfing and riding horses is my life. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you gotta have you gotta have things that you love outside horses. I think right, keep it fresh. <laughs> yeah, right. I love it. I just love it. Oh, All well, right. thank you so much for your time and, and your wisdom. And as always, folks, you can find uh, Al in the Problem Solve Department of our magazine and contributing. And we just really appreciate him. So thanks for being here. Thank you, David. Thank you guys for tuning into the Ride Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Horse and Rider Magazine on social media and find us at horseandrider.com to see all the cool things that we're up to. And if you have any comments or questions, please be sure to hit us up at horseandrider at equinenetwork.com. We want to hear from you guys. And if you like what you're listening to, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes.